Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast. Uh, I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. It was a wild week. Wild it, week, Josh. Uh, it was. It I, absolutely was. I've had a lot of very fun experiences watching uh, football every Sunday, Monday, Thursday. And this week just felt, made me feel a lot like week one, where a part of me is just like, what is going on? Like, this is so different than I would even say the past couple of years were. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of trends are kind of getting ignored. Like we talked about last week with the, the split backfields. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing the those dynasty teams, you know, that we've been used to having. They're, they're not quite as dominant as they used to be, you know? Which goes to show you how, how interesting it is, at least for me that one or two players seems to make such a big difference. Because I know every year a team is going to lose a handful of players. They're going to bring in a handful of players. They're going to start some rookies. Like That's every single year that happens. This year there just seemed to be more big name, especially wide receivers, that were moving around the league in the offseason. Yeah, this was a pretty big offseason for, for signings. Like we talked about last week, the impact that that can have. And I mean, I'm, we've certainly seen it with the Dolphins. I mean, they took down yeah. the Buffalo Bills. By no means was it a blowout or uh, honestly, it wasn't even a good game for you if you started Tua um, with him leaving with the injury. Mm-hmm. But clearly that offense is working. And oh, absolutely. I certainly expect the Bills to still finish at the top of their division, but they're going to be fighting with the Dolphins, I think, the whole way through. And losing, you know, one game that you feel you need to win. Like, I, I don't think even even with how good the Bills are, I don't think they thought it was going to be, you know, a cakewalk winning the game, but, but that's a game you have to win. It's a division rival. You are on paper and from what you've shown this year, better than the Dolphins. They should have won. Um, certainly offensively, I, I what I said last week held true. Tua did not do what he, he, he did the week before to the Bills. It's just, you know, flukes happen, little things happen, but championship teams always find ways to win those types of games. And now you've put yourself in a situation where you're the Bills, where not only are you going to be now fighting and basically you're playing behind, the Dolphins now, you've got to catch up. You've, you're also going to be in a situation where your your buy into the next round of the playoffs might be at risk because now you've lost one game. So if you drop one, you know, two or three more and another division leader only loses two or three in the whole year, now you're in trouble. So it's a, I think it's these are impactful games. And this was a week that, I mean, the, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. <laughs> yeah, <but> that was... Uh... <laughs> That was a surprising one, absolutely. <laughs> like I didn't know what is going on, and I mean, don't even get me started on the Monday nighter um, <laughs> between well, those two juggernauts, Dan, Dan just, Dimes versus Cooper Rush. But <laughs> that was just sad to sad to watch for the majority <laughs> yeah. of that football game. But you know what? Cooper Rush is three and zero as a starter in the NFL now. I cannot believe it. it I, it, I just it's not good to it. watch. You, it's like watching 
a train wreck. You can't look away from it. You don't want to look at it, but he gets it done. I can't even believe it. Uh, but yeah, th- those are just my quick thoughts on on what what the week that was. Um, having a day or two to reflect on this past week of football watching. It was definitely a weird week all around. It was, and uh, we had some some big names on both sides of the Conquerors and Busts. Yeah. Um, so we can dive right into that and take a quick look back at last week's action. Um, we'll start with some quarterbacks. So Conquerors, Lamar Jackson is... Yeah. <laughs> What a exploding guy. <laughs> for fantasy football. Like I just, <laughs> he, every week he just has so many points. Like he's just unstoppable. This guy, like, I can't even believe it. He's doing, I don't think he's doing um, like, I, I feel this year he is going above and beyond what he's really ever done. Like I just, I don't remember. I remember he's always a high scoring guy, but he's, he's getting like 40 plus fantasy points. And that's like a lock now. <laughs> you know, well, I think I think we're seeing him kind of going back to that MVP season that he had because mm-hmm. he, he had a dip in production after that. And now it seems like he's coming back into it. And I think part of that is that they don't have a very good run game. And right. I mean, he, he's been leading the team on the ground um, far and away. He had 40 more rushing yards than the next closest running back. Um, and that's gold in terms of fantasy. And uh, another person, same situation, Jalen Hurts. Now, this week he only had 20 rushing yards, but he threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns. So he is, Lamar Jackson is obviously performing better than Hurts right now, but Hurts is very, like, they're similar players. They both can beat you through the air or on the ground. And it's hard to defend against that because if it's third and four, they literally have so many options that you cannot prepare to defend the ball. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I agree. Hertz is becoming just like Jackson is. They're, they're just must starts. If you have them as your quarterbacks, you need to just play them because they're proving. Absolutely. And uh, in case you missed it, we do have an article on the website. That's uh, conqueryourdraft.com uh, regarding must start players. Players who should be in your lineup, it doesn't matter what the matchup is, you're always starting them. So players like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen are in there. So when we get to the starts and sits for the week uh, towards the end of this podcast, uh, just keep that in mind. We're not going to be talking about those players because we shouldn't have to tell you to start them. They should already be in there. <laughs> the starts aren't going to beat Josh Allen because that would be every week. I mean, he again, exactly. he's a guy going to get you 30 plus, right? Like exactly. That's almost a guarantee. And speaking of Josh Allen, even though they lost, he had a great week for fantasy. Absolutely. Uh, Joe Burrow, despite it being not that great of a game against the Jets, he still did well for you. And uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are a legitimate threat this year. Oh, you yeah. Can, they like, they are surprising a lot of people. Like, they're having yeah. a great year. I mean, you could have argued, you know, with Indianapolis, it's just, for whatever reason, they do well against that team. But now they took down the Chargers, who, yes, are having a lot of difficulties with injuries. But if you watched that game, it was not a close game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, Trevor Lorenz, as we like to call <laughs> him in, in our uh, our pool, our fantasy league, um, he had a great week. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be in tough against Philadelphia next week. But 
two of the three well really i would say all three games they've played the teams looked pretty good they lost to the commanders in week one but Wentz had that incredible game and i think the offense after week one has just been clicking through two weeks so two weeks in a row it's been clicking it's been working for them yeah it was a great week oh absolutely and speaking of Wentz, he was a bust for us this week and that's what I'm actually really interested to see is Trevor Lawrence against that Eagles defense mm. because they have been lights out so far. Yeah. So I'm interested to see, you know, have the Eagles just been exploiting vulnerable quarterbacks or is Trevor Lawrence and the offense that he's running really that strong that they can take down two pretty elite teams. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll get a good look at that this week. Um, Matthew Stafford was a bust last week. He and I spoke about this in an article uh, early before the draft called Top Late Round Quarterbacks. His injury is similar to what Ben Roethlisberger had, and it really impacts your throwing and the amount of attempts that you can handle without going into that you're too uncomfortable. And it affects where you're throwing the ball. And if you look at the first three weeks of the season, Stafford's throwing attempts have gone down each week. And last week, he did not throw for a touchdown. So if you started him, you got hurt badly. He threw for 249 yards, but without a touchdown, he really hurt you. And I'm starting to see a pretty concerning trend that they're focusing more on the running game, the quick short passes and letting Cooper Cup do what he does best. You know, Cooper Cup ran in a touchdown this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I have a bit of a concern for the passing options in that offense. Maybe they're just, uh, maybe they went a little gung ho in week one against the Bills and they're just letting them recover. Time will tell, but I'm, I'm a little concerned about that moving forward. Um, Justin Fields and the entire Bears offense is <laughs> a dumpster fire. <laughs> They've got nothing. They have nothing. No. <laughs> I mean, if. This is the guy that you guys decided is going to be your starting quarterback and you're not letting him throw more than I don't I don't know if he's even broken 20 throws in a week yet. Hmm. This week he threw for 106 yards and two interceptions. Like that is embarrassing. Yeah, that's terrible. The only thing that I think saved him from really even being in the negative was that he had 47 rushing yards because he he can run like Hurts and Jackson. He just never gets the chance to because he's scrambling for his life behind that offensive line. And uh, one more I'll talk about is Joe Flacco. Uh, they still threw the ball an insane amount of times, but Cincinnati's defense limited them. He mm-hmm. he had two interceptions and he lost two fumbles. It's You're not going to have a good day as a fantasy quarterback if you're turning over the ball like that. I think the Jets are coming back to reality. Well, yeah, the Joe Flacco train can only last for so long, and uh, <laughs> yeah. we just we just learned earlier today that Zach Wilson will be starting in week four, so I think that you'll see a drop in the number of uh, passing attempts in the game, mm-hmm. so maybe Michael Carter and Brees Hall will uh, benefit from that, but I think if, uh, if you have a Jets wide receiver, might be a good time to try to sell high, maybe get someone who's got a more consistent quarterback, but... We'll see what Zach Wilson does. Um, Moving on to the running backs, it was a big week for injuries in the running backs. So we we lost David Montgomery to uh, ankle and knee injury early in the game. So if you started him, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
people who had Khalil Herbert stashed on their bench. Sucks to see him put up two touchdowns and 157 yards on your bench, but <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Again, I don't think a lot of people were expecting much out of him. Uh, he had no K first week, but I think yeah, most people probably had him on the bench. Like you know, yeah, because people. the Bears have shown that if David Montgomery is healthy, he yeah. is going to have almost all the work. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're waiting for a situation like this where you can hopefully start him next week. And he'll still have a good game. But uh, right now we're still waiting to see what Montgomery's status will be. So Herbert had a great week last week, but uh, we'll see if he gets a chance to repeat it or not. Um, In a similar vein, Jamal Williams. uh, DeAndre Swift was limited to only 10 touches throughout the game. Yeah, that uh, hurt. Yep. I know he was in your starting lineup. (laughs) Yes. For the first time, I might add. The first week that I play him, uh, that's what happens. <laughs> well, you jinxed it. But now yeah. uh, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, and it sounds like he's going to miss a week or two so that he has a chance to recover for that. Yeah, it sure uh, sounds like he's not going to be back in my lineup for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just do do everyone a favor and announce when you're going to start him so that everyone else can sit him mm-hmm. to avoid that injury coming back, okay? <laughs> um, Saquon Barkley. Now... Did, did you watch that game, Mike? You watched the Monday game? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Barkley looked good running, mm-hmm. but his stat line was terrible until that one 36-yard touchdown run. Yeah, yeah. He Could, was not getting much going. Like, he just didn't have the yardage. He just, you know, he was having, like, what was he having? Like a, you know, 40, 50-yard kind of game. And then he, it broke loose. Yeah, outside of that, outside of that touchdown run, he had 45 rushing yards, and then he had 45 yards through the air. So Mm -hmm. if you're uh, if you're in a PPR league, he had an extra four receptions to help you out there. But I mean, 45 rushing and 45 passing yards—that's not uh, or receiving yards—that's not a great day. So thankfully, he 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 did salvage it with that touchdown run. But I'm I'm just a little concerned with the Giants' ability to use him. Because, like I said, he looked good running. But it's kind of like Derrick Henry in Week 2 against uh, against the Bills. If, if you can't get anywhere, it doesn't matter how good you look. You need the offensive line in front of you to open up some lanes for you. Yeah, and the, like here's another New York team that's coming down to earth a little bit because I think the Giants won a couple games. They've lost now. Like, I'm sorry, like... Danny Jones is is the same guy that he's always been. So they they have a new coaching staff this year. They're doing a bunch of new things. Saquon Barkley, I mean, knock on wood, is is currently healthy. That's something that he's you know he's struggled with injuries before. So he's a he's a fantastic elite running back. But I just don't think they have the O line and the rest of the offensive weapons, especially in the quarterback position, to do anything. Like if they if they had a better quarterback they would be, a, I think, a really strong offense that would need to still fix their offensive line. Like that's, to me, the Giants won a couple like games, but sort of just like how the Jets have looked crazy, I don't think the Giants were, were going to be a, a 3-0, 4-0 team. Like they're, they're not that. So I think they're coming down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I'm very concerned about the Giants offense, to be honest now, with losing Sterling Shepard because – the other starting options that they have are Kenny Galladay, who 
some I'm pretty sure he's had a game where he didn't even touch the field. And he's certainly not been an effective part of the offense, no matter how much they've paid him. And then you've got Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson who are fighting injuries, and now Sterling Shepard's gone for the season. So Daniel Jones doesn't really have people to throw the ball to, and that's going to make it a lot harder for Barkley because I think they're going to stack the box against them a lot more now and kind of dare Daniel Jones to beat them through the air. And he's not that great at doing that. Yeah. No, Danny Dimes. Danny just Dimes. Can't do it. <laughs> just yeah. can't do it. Um, some busts at the uh, running back position, uh, position, Joe Mixon. He only had 12 carries for 24 yards and three receptions for 14 yards. That is not a good stat line. And he has struggled to do well this year. All the numbers say that he should be doing well with the amount of volume that he is getting for their offense. But I think that offensive line is just so weak that he can't get going. Hmm. And if he's not getting into the end zone, then he can't even salvage the limited work that he's able to muster because Joe Mixon is a very good running back, but the offensive line is just not able to open up anything for him. And then Joe Burrow is under duress the entire game. So even just trying to get him involved in the passing game, like they need him back there blocking someone because there's almost always somebody about to sack Joe Burrow. So it's hard to release him and get him involved in the passing game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles Sanders, I expected Miles to have a pretty good game last week, but unfortunately the Eagles went for a pretty pass heavy, um, offensive philosophy this week. So he, uh, he only had 15 carries or he, he had 15 carries. So that's not a bad number, but he only got 46 yards out of it. So, you know, just the way the game script went, I mean, they were ahead the entire time and it was not a close game. So I think... At that point, why are we putting Miles Sanders back out on the field and making him run when he has a history of getting injured, you know? Yeah. So, un- unfortunately, the, the game skip just worked against him because uh, the commanders are not a great defense, and he could have had a pretty big game. Um, but staying with the Eagles, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, him and Hertz are back in that connection that they've had. And uh, if you started him, he paid off huge for you with two uh, 169 yards and a touchdown. So if you dropped him after week one when he had did not have a catch, hopefully he's still on your waiver wire and you can try <laughs> to scoop him back up. Um, I, I'm kind of interested to see how this plays out over the season between Smith, Brown, and Goddard at the tight end mm-hmm. position because all three have historically had a pretty good connection with Hertz. Now, Brown has only been there for three three weeks, but he's showing a pretty good connection with him too, so I'm kind of wondering if one of them will separate themselves from the pack. But uh, time will tell. Now, C.D. Lamb, he, he had a weird game. Mm-hmm. He had a, an egregious drop early in the game that at the very least would have been a huge play, if not a touchdown. Now, he made up for it with a a beautiful one-handed catch for a touchdown later in the game. And he's still getting a lot of targets. He had eight receptions for 87 yards. So if you have him in a PPR format, he's doing great for you. But it, it Cooper Rush clearly trusts him, and that's always good to see. But 
they just don't quite seem to be on the right page together. Yeah. I don't know. You know, if the way that he's targeting Lamb, I'm I would expect bigger numbers out of Lamb. So maybe it's an issue on Lamb's end, and there's something going on there. I don't know, but Cooper Rush is certainly feeding him the ball. So I'm kind of surprised that he's not exploding right now just through that target volume. Mm-hmm. Um, Romeo Dobbs, he and Aaron Rodgers have started to click. That was <laughs> that was the question going into the fantasy draft was, you know, is Rodgers going to trust the rookie? And it yeah. seems that he has. He, uh, he brought in all of his targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. So he, he proved to Rodgers, you know, he can be reliable. And with Sammy Watkins now on the IR, he has a pretty good spot to cement himself either as the number one option or in the top two options for that passing offense. And I mean, somebody anyway, has to. <laughs> Someone has to well, in, yeah. that, in that receiver court. Like, someone has to do it. Lazard. Uh, it's not going to be Lazard. <laughs> it's yeah, not going he has been effective. Like he has a touchdown, I think, in both of his games. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, I mean, in, in but non- he just doesn't PPR have the yardage volume. <laughs> you know, like yeah, no, yeah, exactly what you just said. The yardage, right? Like in a non PPR league, he he gets what 50, 60, 70 yards max and one touchdown. Like he just doesn't. He's not do, he, even what Dobbs did. He didn't do. He's he hasn't done that once. So I just think maybe it was the injury that's slowing him down. I don't know what it is, but it, I mean, that Packers Bucks game was terrible. Terrible oh, yeah. this week. I don't know if you watched it, but that was just terrible, like terrible football. I almost said baseball. It would be good baseball, but terrible, <laughs> terrible football. Like the, those two old men, I'm sorry. I know we love them. I know everyone loves Rodgers and I know Brady's the GOAT. Right now they can't play football. Just my opinion. There's my hot take. That's your hot take? All That's right. my hot take. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can currently not play football because that was an atrocious game for both of them. So, so you can voice your concerns directly to Mike at yes. <laughs> uh, his, his email, mike at conqueryourdraft.com. <laughs> send me the hate. <laughs> yeah, send Mike the, all the hate. Um, we'll move on to some busts in the wide receiver room. So Tyreek Hill, he, uh, he only brought in two receptions for 33 yards. And now, historically, that's not new for Tyreek. He is a very streaky player. He is quite literally, I think, the closest definition you can get to a boom-bust player. Because he'll have weeks, like in week two, where he will post up insane yardage and two touchdowns. And then he will have weeks like this, where he is just not a factor. And part of that is because of defenses focusing on him, because they know what he can do. Right. And... uh Another part of it is you, you need that long bomb catch. You need that to happen at least once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you don't get that and the defense is cluing in on them, then you wish you started somebody else. But you're never going to not start Tyreek Hill because of that huge playability. It's it's yeah. worth the gamble. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to hit a lot more than you're not. Yeah, he's going to break game open. Um, he's going to be able to do that for you, even if he's quiet. For a good chunk of the game, he'll make one or two big plays and suddenly his stat line is going to jump. Exactly. So, you know, for every week that he does a week like this, he's going to have you another week that is going to win you your matchup. And unfortunately, you just got to take the good with the bad. Um, Another player who surprisingly has been more bust than boom so far this year is Justin Jefferson. 
He's had back-to-back bad weeks now with the Vikings mm-hmm. offense that has not looked great. No, the Vikings offense has just been, I mean, inconsistent, which is <laughs> Kirk Cousins' uh, I don't know if that's his middle name or what, but he just like he can't perform on Monday nights and he's inconsistent as hell. Um, but I think, yeah, you're you're right. that The running game I don't think has worked for them. And the passing game hasn't worked for them. So that offense is just stalled through three weeks. Well, what I don't understand is when you're playing and you're losing, you 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 should default into a passing script like that. That should just be your your automatic. You know, you got to get some points, right? But why are you not targeting the best player on your team in Justin Jefferson? Three receptions know. for 14 <laughs> yards. You're telling me that throughout that entire comeback and towards the end of the game, that was the best that you could get your star player involved in? It, yeah, I mean, you're I not going to understand win. it. You're not going to win consistently doing that. Like, you're just, you're you're not. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> we talked a lot last week about Dalvin Cook, and he did have a bit of a better game, but then again, he fumbled, and it clearly wasn't working for him. You're playing... I mean, you're playing a Detroit team that, like, you're, you know, unfortunately, that's how the lines are now. Like, you're going to go toe-to-toe with them, and you got to move your offense, and you've got to, like, be able to score against them, which eventually they did, but they weren't getting their best receiver, their best weapon, probably the most talented offensive player they have, involved in the game late. Doesn't make sense to me. No, no, it doesn't make sense to me either. And, I mean, we've seen what he can do in week one against the Packers. Like if you get him the ball, he can, he can win your team the week, let alone your fantasy matchup. Um, Allen Robinson, he, and now this ties back into Matthew Stafford and the limited amount of throws. He's not been good for your, your fantasy team so far this year. Basically you are praying that he gets a touchdown. Otherwise he is, he's doing nothing. He had the same stat line this week as Darnell Mooney with two receptions for 23 yards. Mm. And we had talked about the state of the Bears offense. So this was a guy who was brought in to kind of replace Robert Woods. He was expected to be the guy to kind of get take some passes away from Cooper Cup. Like by no means was he going to be an all-star, but that second option, you know, defenses are focused on Cooper Cup, so he should be able to just rack up uh, receptions that way but so far he's not been he's not been effective in that role and he's honestly until we see something different with Stafford and they go back to a more pass heavy approach he's probably better off left on your bench because you're yeah. just you're gambling for a touchdown and I think that there are better options out there yeah um but we'll move on to tight ends and uh Mark Andrews. What can you say about Mark Andrews? <laughs> I mean, I I was big on Mark Andrews leading up into the draft. I had him ranked higher than Travis Kelsey. Um, really, if you have either one of them, you're happy, especially with the way the tight end market has played out this year. But uh, he had two touchdowns and 89 yards. I mean, that what a game for him. And that's the second week in a row now that he is probably, if not one new year league, at least made it a lot, or your, your matchup, it, he's definitely at least made it a lot easier for you. Um, Travis Kelsey also had a really good game. He had 58 yards and a touchdown. 
outside of that, I mean, honestly, it's the the tight end position is just so strange. At yeah. this point, if if you can get a guy who catches the ball five or six times a game, you might as well just keep him in your starting lineup. I mean, like Tyler Conklin, and I'll just say right now, he was going to be a start of the week for me this week, but now with Zach Wilson taking the reins in New York, I don't know what that passing volume is going to look like, and that's what has made Tyler Conklin a decent tight end so far, is that he has had a high reception total. Mm -hmm. But if that's going to come down, I can't say that Conklin is going to be still heavily involved because he is not the top receiving option by any means for that Jets offense. Um, so, yeah, I guess wait and see what happens with Zach Wilson this week because if they're going to keep throwing the ball that way and that's just what they're doing because they're always playing from behind, then, hey, start your Jets. But if I mean, things... They're, they're playing the Steelers, I think, yep. this week. So... I mean, the Steelers aren't having a great year, so you might get lucky. But I agree with what you're saying about the fact that this is a young quarterback that they obviously want to develop and work with. He was hurt. He probably would have been the starter. Like, they weren't going to start Joe Flacco. They've got to start their young quarterback. But with him coming in, you just don't know what the volume is going to be. Like, they're going to try to get the running game and establish it. But he's just, he's probably, probably not going to default to what Joe Flacco would do where he just sits back there and just chucks the ball <laughs> because that's all Joe Flacco can do, right? Like Wilson's got a little bit more mobility to him. So we'll see what happens though. I mean, this has been a weird year, so it's possible that uh, something wild could happen and suddenly the Jets win 50 to 11 and we're all sitting here going, wow, what happened there? Yeah, I mean, I think Zach Wilson ultimately will be the better quarterback for them. So I don't fault them for starting, but I mean, we've heard out of, out of camp, you know, that Joe Flacco throw was a better ball for the receivers. Mm. So it's hard to, hard to trust that he is going to, to do well right off the bat. Maybe towards the end of the season, he'll be along that level. But again, it's unfortunately a wait and see. So if you've been riding some of the Jets receivers so far, maybe look to pivot somewhere else for this week until we get more of an idea on what's going to happen in New York. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Tight tight end position, just some busts. I mean, really, unless you have Most one of the of big them. names, you you probably had a bust week. But um, Gerald Everett had a pretty disappointing game with the rest of the Chargers. He sure did. Evan Ingram, despite how strong the Jaguars performed last week, he only had one reception for nine yards, and he brought in a two-point conversion later in the game. Mm-hmm. He was very close to scoring a touchdown, which would have probably put him up into the conquerors category, really, with just how poor that tight end position group is. But unfortunately, he didn't get in there. So a bust he was. Yeah, that's, uh, the, the Jags The Jags offense, it, I, I do think he's going to get used more over time. But in the early going, he's been... Like just like every tight end, they're just hit and miss, and sometimes they're only catching, you know, the ball twice or three times in a game. Like you say, you had one reception for nine yards, and then okay, a two point conversion later, and then yeah, like that's that's it on the stat sheet, regardless of what was called back. Like he's just he doesn't have the volume. Um, so oh, I think exactly. I think he'll be part of their offense moving forward, but 
certainly right now, I yeah, I, I would be hesitant to start. Yeah. And again, like I, I mentioned it last week, you know, I'm a big fan of taking a tight end early. And this is why, because mm-hmm. you don't have to th- think about that each week, you know, like who is going to have the lucky week this week? You are just going to lock in someone. You're going to forget about it and you can focus on the rest of your roster. So, yeah, something to consider for next year's draft. And uh, we'll have pre-draft articles going over draft strategy and do's and don'ts. So make sure you check that out. Again, those are all going to be at uh, conqueryourdraft.com. And if you have any questions for us for starts and sits for the upcoming week, feel free to shoot us an email. We'll answer it on the show here. Uh, You can email us at contact at conqueryourdraft.com. And uh, you can see that on our social media, on our Instagram or Twitter. Um, It'll have that email linked on there for you to reach out to us. And just let us know what you're thinking, who you're hemming and hawing about starting in the week to come. Yeah, and tell us why uh, Aaron Rodgers and or Tom Brady should still be allowed to be in the league. Yeah, you can direct those directly to Mike. Don't worry about that. Uh, he, he's used to receiving hate mail, so he won't take it personally. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to our starts and sits for the week. Um, again, like last week, we won't be talking about the Thursday night game. Uh, this podcast will be released after the Thursday night game has played, so you can see our Thursday night starts and sits on its own article on the website, uh, conqueredraft.com. And like we touched on earlier, we're not going to talk about the superstars. We're not going to tell you to start Josh Allen because we're just wasting our time doing that. He should always be in your lineup. And Yeah, you you got big problems if you're considering not playing certain players like Josh Allen. <laughs> well, I want to know who else you have on your lineup. Like who yeah. are you who are you debating that with, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like if you're debating between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, you need to get rid of one of them. You shouldn't have two elite quarterbacks on your team like that because you're just wasting one of them on your bench. And Definitely. you could easily easily get rid of one of them for an elite wide receiver or an elite running back to help the rest of your team, you know what I mean? Definitely. You should be making a trade for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sorry if if you have been sitting in that position to burst your bubble, but you definitely need to make a trade. Um, So we'll get into our starts and sits here, and you can find the full article at conqueryourdraft.com. So we're not going to go in depth on every player that we talk about here. We'll we'll go over a few that we really want to explain what our thinking is. But uh, for the rest, we're just going to list them off, and you can read the full article if uh, you want to know exactly why we're telling you you should start or sit them. But we'll get started with our starts for the week at the quarterback position. So this week only two. And again, we're not including all the the big name players in that. So that's why there's only two. There's a lot of really good matchups out there, but they're just default. You should be starting them. So we're not going to talk about them. So our two starts for the quarterback position this week are Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. Yeah, and so talk a little bit more about Mayfield, considering the fact that he's he's not exactly had a great year. Like he's really only had one decent to okay week, and then the other two pretty disappointing. So what what's making you say this is the week for Mayfield? If I can be completely honest with you, this make Baker Mayfield pick scares me. Okay. I am scared <laughs> about this pick. I I know it could easily blow up in my face, but. The reason why I think that he could have a good week this week is because the Cardinals secondary has been just terrible right. this year. 
and their offense is not the elite unit that we have seen in years past. They have been struggling to score, and with a defense that is just getting abused, if Mayfield can put it together for just a few drives, they could win the week. And I'm hoping that now we're three weeks into the season and he has yet to lean on Christian McCaffrey, who is by far and away their best and second best player on the running game and in the passing game. So if he can start to lean on Christian McCaffrey, especially in that passing game, I think that both him and McCaffrey can have a huge day against this Cardinals defense. But yeah. we, I honestly, I have seen nothing to suggest that that is going to happen this week. So this could easily blow up and he could have a fourth terrible game again. <laughs> but I'm willing to hold out hope that, you know, the guy with Christian McCaffrey in front of him can somehow pull it together. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a compelling argument because the Cardinals haven't exactly been consistent and they haven't exactly taken that that next big step that I think that the team wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. It's a risk, though. I would, <laughs> again, if you have no other choice, throw Mayfield in there, but I'd be really considering one of your other quarterbacks. But, yeah, it's a good yeah. point. If, if you're in the position where you're hemming and hawing about Baker Mayfield... This week, I'm telling you to go for it, but ideally, he's not on your roster, and you've got someone else. But we'll move on to the running backs. So for this week's starts, we've got Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, and Rashad Penny. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, to me, Eckler, Barkley, Harris, like, those make sense, um, whether it be... They have a decent matchup coming up, or they they've had a you know a couple good weeks there. Now, Rashawn Penny. Let's just talk about that because he's not been playing great. So, what's what is your rationale behind that? Like, is the, is this the Seahawks' week? Are they finally going to break through? So, well, to to say that Rashad Penny has not been playing well, I think is a bit of a mischaracterization. On. In terms of fantasy, you're absolutely right. He has not had a good week yet so far. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, what else matters? <laughs> what, but, like, what are you saying? He looks good? Like, he, you know, you're he watching does. his he, strides. And you're like, oh, he looks great out there. <laughs> so he he does look good when he is on the field. So in two two of the three games so far, he's averaged five and 4.7 yards per carry, which is a great number. That Like, that is Derrick Henry-type numbers for yards per carry. The problem is the Seahawks offense as a whole has not been performing well. Right. So they have been playing in bad game scripts. So he has not had a chance to really do anything. Um, like he hasn't broken 70 yards on the season because they've been having to default to passing so much because they he, just can't. Move he also hasn't well. scored a touchdown. No, he hasn't. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people on their team haven't, but well, he, he hasn't, you know, he exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm I'm a believer in Penny as the NFL player because of what I've seen on the field. Like he is a strong runner. He is looking good. So if the offense can just get things a little bit of momentum or they can start to lean on him, he should have a great week. And now this week they are going against literally the wor- the league's worst run defense in the mm. Detroit Lions. Mm. So if they were ever going to pick a week that they should be leaning on Rashad Penny and his ability to carry the ball, this should be the week. And to go even one step further, 
The Lions are going to be without Swift this week and possibly without Amon Ross St. Brown, who managed to avoid a, a significant ankle injury, but it's still up in the air if he's going to be missing some time this week. So if you have Jared Goff without his top two options, they're not going to be having a very high-scoring offense either. So I think that it'll be a much closer game, and the Seahawks should be able to lean on the ground game a lot more. And as long as that comes through, then I don't see a I don't see a path where Penny doesn't have a good game. But, I mean, as we've seen so far in this season, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, logically that makes sense, especially if they don't have to, you know, play from behind. Like, if Detroit's not putting up points like they have been, like, that's the one thing you can say. Like, I think Detroit's defense is still all over the place, but their offense has been consistently putting points up. And if Goff doesn't have his main targets and they don't have their main running back, like I feel like that makes you think, okay, the Seahawks can play more of a running game because they're not going to be in a huge offensive uh, battle coming into this week. It's just, it's hard. It's I, I know it's difficult to not always, you don't want to always dive into the stats. You want to look at the matchup and stuff, but he does, here's a running back without a touchdown that hasn't had, like what you're saying over 70 yards a game yet. Like he hasn't really done that. He's not really huge into the passing game either. So it's, it's a risk, but you're making a good point. If they get into a scenario where they're not playing this huge offensive juggernaut, they're probably going to run the ball. more. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point you have to look at the numbers and you got to just trust the numbers a little bit because there's always that probability, you know, like let's, let's look at Najee Harris from last year. He was attached to a terrible offense. The The Pittsburgh Steelers were not a good offense last year. But when you're getting the ball 25, 30 times a game, even if you're not getting that many yards per carry, just because you're getting so many carries, you're going to, by default, do well. So I think now Rashad Penny is not getting that many carries. Let's I'm not saying that. But the statistics are still there saying that he should be good. And I think it's just a matter of when that is going to happen. And I think just the terrible Lions defense is probably the best shot that he's going to have at having a great week this year. So I think this could be his breakout game and maybe the Seahawks realize they need to lean on him a bit more. Maybe not, you know, I mean, Jared Goff has still played pretty well throughout the season and the Seahawks defense is not what it used to be. So they could end up playing behind anyways, and uh, they don't use him. I do want to briefly touch on Austin Eckler, too, because I know he is a pretty big name, and uh, you would think that he's someone that you don't need to be told to start, but he has not had a good year so far. No. They have not been using him very effectively. Like, last week, he had four carries. This is a guy who had 20 touchdowns last year, and he has been given four carries last week. On top of that, the offensive line is starting to get really injured. They, I think they're out... I think they're out two offensive linemen for the year. Um, one for sure. I can't remember if uh, if they're sent how long their center is out. But this is an offensive line that they're not being able to run the ball very well behind, and they're not pat for whatever reason. Justin Herbert is not getting Eckler involved in the passing game until they're in garbage time, trying to make a, an impossible comeback like last week. But. Now they're going up against the Houston Texans, and it's kind of a similar situation with Rashad Penny. The Texans have been destroyed on the ground. Khalil Herbert just destroyed the Texans on the ground last week. 
So if he can do it, I don't see a reason why Eckler shouldn't be able to. But th- this is kind of a, uh, you know, what's the truth about Austin Eckler moment this year? Because if he can't do well in this matchup, or if the Chargers can't do well in this matchup, then you might have to start really considering, you know, do I want Austin Eckler in my lineup until you see something differently? Um, but we'll move on to our wide receivers. So wide receiver starts for the week, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Mike Evans. So uh, Evans is coming back from suspension. Um, so that kind of makes sense that he's probably going to come in. Amari Cooper, I mean, <laughs> he's just had a resurgence. Um, talk a little bit about C.D. Lamb, though. I mean, where what are you thinking and that you're seeing in Lamb that you think, okay, he's going to really start? So I know we spoke about him earlier. And there, I still do have some concerns about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got Michael Gallup hoping to return for this week. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. And I, I expect that that is going to take some targets away from Lamb. But Lamb has still enjoyed a 34% target share so far this year. So even if he drops a few targets a game, he's still going to have well above an average target share. And that's where the numbers come back in. You know, he will still have a safe floor in terms of fantasy points especially if you're in a PPR league and now this week they're going to get against the Washington defense who have been terrible and were just destroyed by Hurts and the Eagles so I don't see anything on the defensive side for why Lamb should have a bad game I I am concerned about how it might play out between him and Gallup but I think that Lamb has has proven he is the number one for the team and it should stay that way even if Michael Gallup takes a bit of the work away from him, should he play this week. Mm-hmm. So going up against him, I th- I think that he is going to have a game similar to last week where hopefully he just doesn't drop that big play. Because if, if he had caught that first huge uh, bomb pass and brought that in for a touchdown, he would probably have been a top receiver on the week. So that would have been, I think, a 40, 50-yard touchdown if he had ended up in the end zone instead of dropping eh, a pass that literally hit him in the arms (laughs) so he would have had a huge week and we would be looking at him way differently but Mm -hmm. there's still that little bit of a disconnect there so hopefully that gets sorted out and right now he is really the only option for receiving so defenses can focus on him Michael Gallup should open that up a bit because you have to respect Michael Gallup's abilities as well right yep And we'll move on to tight ends. So, like I said earlier in the show, Tyler Conklin was going to be a start of the week for me. He is not now with the knowledge that Zach Wilson is going to be um, manning the reins. So I only have David Njoku and TJ Hawkinson for this week. Well, I mean, everything you had just said earlier about what's going on in Detroit, Goff's got to throw the ball to someone. Like the offense has to go through somebody. So I assume you're counting that Hawkinson's going to get a little bit more opportunity. Yeah. I mean, despite how good they have done in the passing game so far, Hawkinson has not been a part of it. Mm. But with both Swift and possibly St. Brown out for this week, hopefully that is where Goff is going to start funneling those targets instead. I don't think Hawkinson is a long-term, you know, should always be in your lineup because we've seen he is not the top He's not even in the top two, usually three targets in the game. But this week, with the injuries, you said it, Goff has to put the ball somewhere. Yeah. So I expect it to go to Hawkinson because he at least has that familiarity with him. 
DJ Chark is also there. He's a deep threat. He could have a good game, but he's new to the team and he hasn't really been an explosive player so far this week or this year. And we've seen that through Hawkinson in the past, at least. So I'm banking on that reliability and familiarity between Goff and Hawkinson and that he can take advantage of just an opportunity that unfortunately comes from his teammates being injured. And uh, we'll move on to our sits for the week. So at quarterback, we've got Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. Well, <laughs> I think I think Goff being there only makes sense considering everything you've said so far throughout this episode about Goff. <laughs> yeah, I, a little ironic to talk right about him after thinking that Hawkinson might have a good week, but yeah, but but if you know, I think who else is he going to throw to other than Hawkinson, right? Like, is there does he have much? If he's got so much injury coming in this week, like what does he have? Well, exactly, and uh, I, I just don't expect that he's going to perform well he has performed well with his best weapons on the field and now we're going to see him without that and I think we're going to see more of Jared Goff from last season than we are going to see of what we've seen so far this year yeah which isn't good for for those of you who haven't been paying attention but I'm sure most of you have that's not a good thing (laughs) no exactly and I also want to touch briefly on Carson Wentz he's going Mm -hmm. up against the Cowboys defense who just went after Daniel Jones and he just finished getting sacked nine times by the Eagles. So clearly yeah. there's something going on with the offensive line and their ability to protect him. So I would say maybe save Carson Wentz for a different defensive matchup. Yep, I think that's very fair. We'll move on to the running backs. Uh, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and the Ravens backfield, which is made up of J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill. little surprised to see Clyde Edwards-Alaire in there. I think he's had a couple couple decent plays, couple good moments. What are you thinking for him this week? So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and, and I know it's hard to sit someone who's part of the Chiefs offense because mm-hmm. they're so good, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been hyper-efficient so far this year. And what I mean by that is he has not had very many opportunities, but he's made the most of those. He's been in the end zone right. a lot. Yeah. But if you look at last week, he only had seven carries for zero yards. He managed to stumble into the touchdown, which basically is the only thing that even made him an okay play. I still consider him to have been a bust, considering what you would have expected from him. But at least he got in there. If, if he hadn't gone into the end zone, he had 39 receiving yards. So that, that would have been a terrible week for him. So, yes, they lost the game, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire has not been heavily involved the other backfield options like Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, they have been involved a healthy amount so far. So I don't see his uh, opportunities per game increasing. And this week they're going up against a very tough Buccaneers defense that uh, has limited opposing running backs so far in the year. So I just don't know. I don't know that he's going to have that same efficiency this week. You know, maybe he will get into the end zone again and still give you a somewhat salvageable week. But I I just don't see it until they change what they're doing in Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's tough. It's tough, especially with a bit of a depleted offense this year. Like when you take Hill out of the equation and they did lose some other receivers as well. I just think "Ah, it's so hard to look at that and say, well, again, Mahomes is going to put the ball somewhere and obviously Travis Kelsey is going to be his big target, but 
yeah, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's had some touchdowns, he's had some big moments. But again, what you're saying could be true. That could fall off quickly because he's not getting the volume there. Right? So that could fall out for him. Exactly. And we'll move on to the wide receivers, uh, Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, and the New England receiving core. Um, so just very quickly, another Kansas City option there in Juju. Mahomes has been very democratic with his targets. He's spreading mm-hmm. them out throughout the whole team. And we've seen, like we just talked about the with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the volume is just not there. So yeah. it's hard to pinpoint someone outside of Travis Kelsey who is going to have a great week, week in and week out. Right. But, and the, uh, the New England... Like, you're just thinking there's nobody worth playing? Like, this is going to be a rough week for the Patriots? It's been a rough season for the Patriots. Sure. I mean, <laughs> they they have been a sit in some form or another pretty much throughout the season so far. And the reason is because they don't have a number one wide receiver. Each week, it's been someone different. Jacoby mm-hmm. Myers has been the most consistent if you're in a PPR format league because he gets a lot of receptions, but he's not had any big weeks or big yardage weeks. Um, so each week we've had someone else go off. You know, we had Nelson Aguilar one week. We've had Devontae Parker another week. Now we've lost Mac Jones for a few weeks through uh, a high ankle sprain. So we've got the backup quarterback coming in. So you've already had an inconsistent play from the wide receiver core. Now we're throwing a backup quarterback and they're going up against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So even though they're going to be playing from behind, I don't know that Brian Hoyer can beat the Packers defense. And even if that were to happen, you're just playing roulette on which one of these receivers is going to pop off and have a good game. So I think you're just better just avoiding the whole backfield and look for someone who is a bit more reliable to give you even a safe floor if you need them in your flex position. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody, don't worry too much about Aaron Rodgers, but you make a good point. (laughs) Again, that is a Mike at ConquerYourDraft.com. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the tight end position. So Dawson Knox, Logan Thomas, and Tyler Higby. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Higby, <laughs> another kind of inconsistent tight end. I mean, he's had his moments, but talk a little bit about him. So Tyler Higby, again, we, we already spoke about Matthew Stafford's decrease in passing attempts, but Higby's target share has been declining each week as well. In week one, he had 27% target share. That was down to 16% in week three. In week one, Stafford threw the ball 41 times. Last week, he only threw the ball 25 times. Mm -hmm. So those are two very bad trends for this offense because Stafford's not throwing the ball very much, and now Tyler Higbee is not getting the ball as much in that even smaller pool of opportunities. Because like we talked about earlier, you want a consistent tight end, someone who's getting the ball five, six, seven, eight times a week because it's such a hard position to do well at. Yeah. And so now we've got Stafford not throwing the ball very much. He's not getting as many targets. And uh, until we see something different, I mean, it's going to be hard to trust him. And now this week they're going up against a 49ers defense that has been very strong so far this year, even with how badly their offense has been working. So I... I don't think that Higby is going to be the guy. I mean, maybe he can bring in a red zone target and fall in the end zone and save his week. But again, you're gambling. And I think that there's better options out there, you know, like the, like a David Njoku or a Gerald Everett, someone along those lines who are more heavily involved in the target game. Yeah, no, uh, hey, it makes sense. Um, 
there you have it. That's your starts and sits for, for what should be a very interesting uh, week number four here because three was wild, and I think the parity in the league is up, so <laughs> who knows what's going to happen this week. But hopefully your suggestions there, Josh, give people some idea of what to do because, you know, you're like you're saying, sometimes you got to trust those numbers and some trends are going to break and some trends are showing that certain players – will do better with more opportunities as the season goes on. Exactly. And uh, you're absolutely right. We've had a wild week, a wild first three weeks, and I fully expect that to continue. But uh, you can find uh, the full article going through each and every one of our sits and starts for this week at conqueryourdraft.com. That'll be released Friday morning to give you plenty of time to tinker with your lineup over the weekend. And again, feel free to send us uh, any questions that you have at contact at conqueryourdraft.com, and we'll do our best to get them on the show and answer them for you. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again this week. Um, just a quick technical note, because I know some people, I'm sure, are finding our podcast in, in very different uh, spaces. You can get all the episodes on conqueryourdraft.com right now. We're working through some technical difficulties with Apple and Google, but we're hoping to have everything up there soon. And we're on pretty much all the other major podcast apps. So it's just Apple and Google, but we're going to fix those in the coming weeks. So you'll be able to get us there as well. Hope to see you next week. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Good luck in your lineups.